What is going on, Colts Nation? How you doing? I apologize. It has been a minute. My apologies for the extended absence. I hope you slept just well, knowing that just another day and another day and another day with each passing day, there was not a video or an episode from Justin over at Riding the Bench. I hope you still slept just fine. I get the feeling that you did, right? But uh, I was hoping to have the wide receiver scouting out today. I'm not quite there yet. I could have, but to really give you the best version of it, I want to take just a little bit longer on it. My hope is that that's a resource you can use the entire offseason leading up into the draft when it comes out. So here's kind of the roadmap going forward for those of you who care. For those of you who don't care, of course, we always have the timestamps of the episode in the description over here, meaning you could skip to exactly where it is that you want to be, which means if you don't care about me talking about what we're doing moving forward over here on the channel, that's fine. You could just focus on today's episode and skip ahead to that. So next week, Sunday, commitment, hard date promise it'll be here. We're going to be talking about the wide receivers, figure rounds one to three, maybe four, kind of like these early round guys and some of these early mid round guys, right? Some of the guys that we know would make an impact day one for the Indianapolis Colts, or at least would be drafted to do such. I want to make sure that we go over those guys and you have a good understanding of not only how they play and who they are as players on the field, but also where they fit into where the Colts stand. And then the following week, we'll be doing the same thing with the corners after that. There's going to be an additional episode on some mid to late round guys that I think could be gems for the Colts specific to what they need, of course. Not going to cover every single person in the entire draft. Wide receivers, corners, maybe some other defensive backs sprinkled in called safeties, right? And then just kind of some of those mid to late round guys, the Puka Nakua's of the world, if you will, that could come in and maybe surprise some people if they're put in the right situation on the Indianapolis Colts. And then from there, we're going to have free agent moves to talk about. There's going to be some mock drafts going on. We're going to be guessing what the Colts are going to do. And then we'll be right back into the calm before the storm. We'll be talking about OTAs, training camp, all of that stuff, bang, preseason, Anthony Richardson Hall of Fame, right? I, I mean, that's kind of the direction we're headed in right here. But in the meantime, let's just focus on the now since – the last time I made an episode was before the Combine, right, which has now happened. At least it, it, I think all of it has happened. I really don't watch the Combine in its entirety, to be 100% honest with you. Uh, it's just kind of on at inconvenient times, right? But Chris Ballard spoke before the Combine leading up into the weekend. Of course, us Colts fans know that it gets held in the greatest stadium in all of the country at Lucas Oil. And, uh, yeah, we want to talk about what Chris Ballard had to say, my major takeaways from that. And then there were some eye-raising PFF report cards that came out on all the teams in the NFL and the Colts graded in certain places and certain spots and kind of want to give my thoughts on what happened there. I'm well aware it's not the first time that the PFF has done this. They do this every single year, but the scores do vary a bit from season to season. So let's start with the Chris Ballard presser because that is kind of like the setup for the entire episode. And I always say that I love listening to Chris Ballard talk. And this is why, because as a Colts fan, if you're trying to get an idea as to where this team is going, where they're headed, and what they're trying to do, if you listen to nobody else other than Chris Ballard, well, if you listened to nobody else other than me <laughs> and Chris Ballard, particularly at this time of the year, you would get an idea as to the direction that the Colts wanted to go. He would kind of be the guy that you want to listen to. And among some of the things he spoke about, right, you had Michael Pittman Jr. It was all over the internet, by the way, that he said – that he was going to use the franchise tag 
on Michael Pittman Jr. if they weren't able to work out a deal. Now, I watched the entire presser more than once. I, did he say that directly or was it just implied, right? I, I forget because even more recently, I listened to him on 1075 The Fan and he purposely and clearly went out of his way to not say that directly that they were going to use the franchise tag on him. So I'm not sure if that's something that got lost in translation or, or if my memory does not serve me right. From that press conference, I'll leave it up to you guys in the comments section to let me know what it is. And I'm sure after this episode, given I'm having this kind of moment right now, I'll go back and look for myself. Now, he talked about Anthony Richardson as well and his injury, which is only natural, right? They're going to be patient because of Andrew Luck, whatever it is, right? Happy with how he's progressing, yada, yada, yada. Really nothing much to talk about on the Anthony Richardson side of things. Oh, the days where we were able to say a lot about Anthony Richardson, they're coming. They're coming back, but right now, we kind of got to wait for it. But what I thought was the most interesting topic that he had spoken about, and perhaps even the most important, was kind of how he spoke about Kenny Moore's contract when he was asked about it. Now, the video the Colts put out, you kind of had to put the pieces together. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, all things considered, how is it that you have a YouTube channel with 70 plus thousand subscribers, you're posting press conferences, you are an NFL organization, and you are unable to put the fucking video in a spot and the microphone, or whatever the hell's going on, you can't even hear the questions that are being asked. It's laughable, if you ask me, but that's neither here nor there. It is what it is. Lord forbid you wanted to be the guy going out there and asking questions. All the work you put into asking a good one, no one would even hear it, right? You just got to take a guess as to what he might have been asked. But he was asked about Kenny Moore's contract, and he was very wishy-washy in kind of the way he spoke about it. He always talks about how he wants to prioritize bringing their guys back, and he, he seems to kind of tell the truth, Chris Ballard, this is to the best of his ability without giving anything away that he can't. But why do I find the fact that he was wishy-washy in the way he spoke about this to be so important, to be so interesting? Well, here's the reality, right? We can talk about whatever it is that we want to talk about, right? We can pull topics out of thin air. The reality is that all we have right now as Colts fans is we've got free agency coming up. We've got a draft at the end of April. And we have a team that needs to be improved, particularly in the secondary and particularly at wide receiver. So we think right now, at least those are the two positions that all of us are kind of debating, which one are the Colts going to draft with that 15th overall pick, assuming they don't trade back, don't trade up in the first round. We assume they're going to keep a first round pick through all of this, right? No matter what it is, are they going to go corner? Are they going to go wide receiver? Well, Kenny Moore, and whether or not he is on this team moving forward may very well be the piece that lets us know which direction we are going to be going in the first round. And in a draft that is widely considered to be deep at the wide receiver position, and I can tell you right now, it absolutely is. There are a number of guys that I would, would I mean, they look like first round talents to me. Now, I'm no scouting expert. But at the same time, I'm seeing what the experts are seeing, right? I have the same opinion, so I'm just going to say I'm right. There's a lot of wide receivers in the draft, right? So I'd be nearly certain in telling you that the Indianapolis Colts would go corner in round one if they did not have Kenny Moore on this roster coming out of free agency, barring there was some sort of guy offensively at that pick that just should not be there whatsoever. But even with what we have at corner, right? You talk about Jalen Jones, who we like, Juju Brents. I thought Chris Lamonts came in played pretty damn good football. Dallas Flowers is going to be coming off that injury, right? Even with those guys there, many of them we like, we understand and feel like we need one more corner right now, at least to compete, right? 
maybe not be like the every down starter, but just someone to come in there and add a little bit more to the room, right? And that's with Kenny Moore on the roster. Without Kenny Moore on the roster, we need multiple because he's also the leader of that room. And if we are willing to let Kenny Moore walk, we can take it as a sign that we want to continue to go young at corner. To let him walk and not invest in that position highly in the draft would be reckless and, quite frankly, idiotic, if we're going to be 100% honest. I almost want to save myself unless Ballard ends up doing something like that. But it would make no sense whatsoever. If we're going to let more walk, you have to know that we're going to invest, right? But it is possible that we want to go young there, right? Much like the decision we made last offseason with Stephon Gilmore, we knew he was still able to play, but perhaps it was just the direction of the team. That being said, this is a team. The second most explosive plays allowed in all of the NFL. And it's not just Kenny Moore in the secondary that we have to worry about leaving in free agency, but our two most notable players in the secondary, the other which is Julian Blackman, is also due to be re-signed or be a free agent, whatever it is that you want to call it. I have no clue whether or not he's going to be back. But for some reason, I just get the feeling that I can't be too confident in that possibility. So you have to imagine... The Colts' plan is not to lose both of those guys after the secondary, allowing the second most explosive plays in all of football, right? If it is, I'm going to tell you, uh, they may be in a world of trouble, or at the very minimum, because I'd like to see the offseason play out before I make my judgments, they're going to have to be very, very, very careful about the way they are being proactive in bringing talent into that secondary, if they're to let both of those two go, I mean, they're going to have to go pretty heavy and pretty aggressive in making sure that they still have enough pieces there because even last year we were an injury away from watching guys like Tony Brown and uh, Darrell Baker Jr., who's still on the roster, right? So all of these things are things to keep in mind. So I want to now talk about the team report cards, a little bit about the combine if we can. Xavier Worthy will be the name that comes up and maybe a couple of others, but nonetheless, before we get into that, you know what it is. I have to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride on the Bench Colts podcast. As always, ask anyone enjoying the episode, go ahead. Shoot it a like if you're on YouTube. You're going to help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. Audio folk, shoot it a five star. Let the people know how much you enjoy the show. We're trying to go for 3,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Going into next season, we're nowhere close, but we're closing in on 2,100. If you keep coming back, you keep enjoying, but you've yet to subscribe. Perhaps today is the day, but most importantly... Let's just enjoy this damn thing, right? The offseason is a very, very tough time for us football fans because I am a football guy and a football guy only. If you guys notice, I only talk about the Colts, right? There is no Hoosiers or Hoosier. <laughs> My bad. I'm not even from Indiana. There's no Hoosiers, right? There are no Purdue, whatever the hell, what it was, Purdue. I don't know anything about it. That's my point. Does Indiana have a baseball team, hockey? I don't know. Indiana sports, if that's what you want to hear, you go somewhere else. But if you want to hear about the Colts and only the Colts, you're in the spot. I can promise you that. Quit playing with me now. So team report cards. Let's start there, right? And I just want to give you some of kind of what was said here, some of the main takeaways, right? So the Colts players suggested, this was anonymous, but we know the players on the roster, so we could, you know, imagine, right? The Colts players suggested that increasing the number of trainers and physical therapists adding a sauna and providing daycare for the players' families on game day as the team would, would be a positive, right? They would appreciate that. Now, let me just say something about this, okay? Number one, I live in a middle-class at best apartment complex in Long Island, New York. They provide me with a sauna as an amenity for one of my pieces of rent. If you are the Colts, 
If you are a world-class organization with world-class athletes, the fact that you don't have a sauna is actually so shocking to me. I'm not going to make it like the difference between the Colts winning a Super Bowl, by the way, and not winning a Super Bowl is a sauna at the facility. But for me, it's kind of just like, well, fuck. I mean, how do you not have a sauna? Particularly when another thing the players spoke about was kind of the fact that maybe they could have a little bit more in the weight room. I don't know. I, I mean, for me, you're talking about strength. You're talking about conditioning. You're talking about a team that wants to go out there and play strong. A guy in Jelani Woods who who was supposed to, I don't know, play at some point in this season. We're talking about a shortage of physical therapists and trainers. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. All I'm saying is when you kind of hear things like trainers, physical therapists, no sauna, well, maybe the weight room isn't quite up to stuff, and you start saying all those things are kind of related to one another, and we see the Colts consistently have injuries year after year after year. I'm not saying that is the reason. I'm just saying I'm not saying it's not the reason, right? And that's kind of where I stand there. Now, as far as providing daycare for the players, families, and for the kids of the players, listen, this is a wonderful courtesy to have. I will say this. They can afford the daycare themselves. I know that's a bit harsh, and I know that's a bit rude, and I probably, if I was looking like a Zaire Franklin in the face, I certainly wouldn't say that to him. I know his kid, he has. You know, I see him post them on Instagram, right? But the reality is ain't no one, you know, short on money to put their kid in daycare on game day. That being said, it would be nice for the Colts to provide it. But for me, of all the things, I get it. But to make that a D in the treatment of families, and, and the, the main reason for that is because you don't have daycares available. If you were making $150,000 a year, which no one in the NFL is even close to making, these guys are all making significantly more money than that. If you were making that much right there, there would be no questions about whether or not you can afford daycare as is. And I'm telling you that as somebody who lives in the state of New York, okay? So listen, take that as you may. I don't want to be rude about it. But at the same time, you know, should they provide it? Yes, they're one of seven teams that doesn't. But is it a big deal to me? Well, you take a guess based off of everything I just said, right? So talk a little bit about the combine because Xavier Worthy is a guy that's been getting spoken about by Colts fans all over the place. And as I was, I've been watching film, of course, as I've said, I'm not just saying that it's really happening, right? This is a guy that actually immediately stuck out to me when I started watching him. And the reason specifically that he did wasn't just because of his talent, because he has it, but it's because I knew explosive was kind of the word that Steichen and Ballard had been using when they were making their rounds in the pressers. Uh, when talking about what improvement looks like for the Colts offense, this season, and he ran a 4-2-2, and that's obviously a big story, which has everyone talking about him, uh, and we understand, right, that the combine isn't everything, but then there's also guys like Tank Dell, like DK Metcalf, who in terms of, we, they were kind of early round guys to begin with, but in the world of early round guys, some of them were maybe being a little bit overlooked, it wasn't until they killed it at the combine that really they showed everyone, and it was obvious who exactly they were, so the combine isn't everything, but the combine isn't nothing either, right? It's just a piece of it, but it is not a shock. I didn't expect him to run a 4-2-2, but it is not a shock he did. I mean, his tape, combine a sign, Xavier Worthy is eye-popping levels of explosive when he's got the ball in his hands. I mean, the guy is special at making something out of nothing, right? Ballard, just recently talking, I forget if it was at the press conference, it's had 75 the fan, but he was saying one of the priorities they have on offense is just making sure right? That they have a guy, he was speaking up Jonathan Taylor and saying that he could turn a one or two yard run into a 50 yard run. They want another receiver that they can rely on to do something similar out there, right? So Xavier Worthy kind of fits that mold. Now he's 170 pounds with rocks in his pockets. All right. So that's a concern. 
not saying that he's going to get injured. I'm just saying it's a violent league and I cannot help myself for better or for worse than to be concerned when a guy is that thin, quite frankly, at the wide receiver position. I think he could put on 10 weights and 10 pounds rather and still move just fine, given his natural athletic talent. If you would see him at all play, if you've watched the film, if you saw the combine, you can tell that guy is a fluid athlete. Wouldn't mind seeing a couple pounds. But then you have guys like Devonta Smith, like the, the great Marvin Harrison in Indianapolis Colts, who have shown us that while having a, a, a level of bulk and size, pause, is prototypical, it may not always be needed. I'm not saying he's either of those guys, but I'm just speaking to the frame, right? I'm speaking to that, that, that lanky, or not even lanky, as much as just thin frame at the position. To be in a league as violent as the NFL, I can't help but be slightly concerned about that. Now... When you talk about wideouts, the Colts might be targeting is why I'm kind of going on a tangent about Worthy, right? His combine may have moved him up some boards, but as I just said, his size is going to still keep him down from kind of being in the top end of the first round. In fact, I don't even see him going in round one at all, to be honest. Maybe towards the back end of the first round if someone really, really likes him. But realistically, I kind of see him in round two and maybe even round three, right? Josh Downs last year was a guy that when I was going into the draft, I like Josh Downs so much. Remember, the Colts had the 35th overall pick in the draft, so that's right at the top of the second round. They traded that pick back and then drafted Juju Brents, and it wasn't until the third round that they traded up for Josh Downs. I liked Josh Downs at the 35th pick, which was the original second-round pick that they didn't trade back. So, I mean, when you have this many receivers and teams need them and they draft them, all of a sudden you might have some talent that kind of slips, right? And if the Colts go corner in the first, which is really my point, Xavier Worthy is a guy that we should immediately kind of have our radar kind of looking out for, right, for the Indianapolis Colts to draft. I think he would be on their radar immediately. He may even be part of the plan. Who knows? Obviously, it's pretty early, and it is what it is, but it's kind of why I'm trying to piece it together a little bit now. While you look at Kenny Moore and his contract, that may be the difference between a first-round receiver and Xavier Worthy on the Indianapolis Colts. Just something to monitor. I think it's going to tell us a lot about the direction of the team. But with that, that was the entire episode. And uh, if you haven't liked, subscribed, all those things, now is the time to do so. But until next time, my name is Justin. This right here was the Riding the Bench Colts podcast. And until next time, go Colts.